Hello, and welcome to the Humumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown. The podcast where we watch 31 horror movies throughout the hallowed month of October. Ranging from the critically acclaimed to film school projects gone gruesomely awry. And we take them all way too seriously. I'm your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your host, Sully Hommel. Now warning, we use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first. Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously while we take these movies seriously. Where the hell did you get those goddamn chickens? (laughs) That was the best line of the food of the gods from 1976. The Bicentennial. Ooh, indeed. This movie is about a couple who lives on an island somewhere. Canada. Was it Canada? It's somewhere in Canada. Okay, somewhere in Canada. And there is a spring on their property that spews out what looks like gruel. Yeah. It's uh that like it's sort of a grayish white gross oozy consistency. Anyway, it comes out of the ground in a certain spot in their pro- on their property and for some reason they decided to feed this to their chickens. <laughs> but their chickens wouldn't eat it, so they mix it with chicken feed to feed it to them because that would they be my first thought too. Really wanted their chickens to eat this stuff for some reason. <laughs> The side effect of eating this thing that oozes out of the ground that they call food of the gods is that the baby chickens grew to be ginormous. They are as tall as full-grown men, Mm -hmm. Um, which we know because at one point a full-grown man walks into the chicken coop and is attacked family style. Family Family style. (laughs) With gravy. (laughs) Family guy style by a rooster. Yeah, this is definitely the inspiration for the Family Guy chicken. It has to be. It has to be, right? Because that fight went on way longer (laughs) than it needed to. I didn't think about that, but yeah, (laughs) that was part Um, of it. So anyway, some people are vacationing in the area. They are attacked by giant wasps who have also eaten the food of the gods ground mixed with chicken feed ground gruel mixed <laughs> with chicken feed and that kind of lets the secret out and so the story is this secret has gotten out some of the people are trying to figure out why their friend died what happened to him and get revenge on the wasps yes by shooting them <laughs> one by one with a <laughs> shotgun and another group of people is there sort of as scientists but mostly because they want to get their hands on this food of the gods and use it to make a bazillion dollars yeah i would i would even go so far as to suggest that they wanted to make a money deal they did they wanted to make a money deal. Well, <laughs> the woman who lived there was very concerned about whether her husband had managed to make a money deal or not. Yes, a money yeah. deal. Not one of those deals where it's just trading chickens for ox carts. No, this is a money deal. Do you know the conversion rate between chickens and ox carts? 10.5 chickens per ox cart. Now I feel like we're conducting some <laughs> kind of uh, <laughs> some kind of political uh, debate. Yeah, so basically this movie is giant animals attacking humans 
and the humans trying to survive. It is very much one of those 1970s environmental uh, monster animal movies. I didn't manage to write down any of the lines, but there are a few times where they make the point. You know, they're like, oh, nature's fighting back because we are bad. I did write that one down at the end. Nature was attacked and hit back with a vengeance. Indeed, there was vengeance there. But here's the thing. Hmm. How was nature attacked? You know, I think it's more the microaggressions going on over centuries. That makes sense. Yeah. That I understand. And boy, did they hit back with a vengeance. So at no point was it discussed what the food of the gods actually was. The lady scientist who said who said early on, Jobs for female bacteriologists aren't that easy to come by. That's why she worked for a terrible, terrible man. Yes. She, at one point, took a sample of it and looked at it with her bare eyes (laughs) and apparently saw something and made some statements about it, which I didn't bother to write down because they were clearly made up. You cannot analyze a substance by looking at it with your bare eyes. I mean, there's... There's information you can ascertain. Well, here's the thing. She didn't ascertain anything that I hadn't already ascertained by looking at it. Yes. But beyond that, they didn't talk about what it was. Why was it there? Why was there a limited amount of it? Well, we do know why it was there because God sent it to Mrs. Dur and Mrs. Skinner. I don't know why they deserved it, but it was a gift from God. Okay, I did hear all of that, and I immediately wrote it all off as the crazy rantings of a woman who has no idea what's going on. That's true. That's accurate. And my biggest question, whether this was derived from nature or whether God sent it to the Skinners so that they could make a big, important money deal, TM. (laughs) Yeah, that was the thing. God sent it to them so that they could sell it. Is That was her theory, which is interesting. God is a little crass. Whichever of those are true, my biggest question is why did it have to be combined with chicken feed to work? <laughs> I think it's just that it tastes bad. It's like a pill pocket. Nobody really wants to eat it, but they love chicken feed. So there you go. I don't know. I, I don't know. I either. don't know. So the humans throughout this movie were attacked by giant chickens. Giant wasps. A lot of giant rats. A lot of giant rats. Like, they became, like, the main antagonists of the movie. Yeah, this was very much man versus rat. (laughs) Yes. But also giant maggots. Yes, in a memorable scene, Mrs. Skinner, like, her peach jars had been knocked over. I don't know, maybe by the maggots? Is that where the maggots came from? Maybe. Did she have maggoty peaches in her canning? I don't think so i think that they were out and they got big and they just knocked over yeah well anyway there were maggots in her kitchen which ended up being about a foot and a half long and yeah that's a great example of a scene where nobody in this movie was anywhere near concerned enough with what they were facing Mm-mm. only that one was a little weird because on the one hand she was like oh maggots everywhere that are a foot and a half long i don't like this that are immediately chewing like yeah they teleported there was nothing on the counter and then we look away for a second <laughs> and then we look down and there are like five maggots and they're all attached to her arm which is now covered with blood yeah and she was not liking it sure but not concerned enough 
Not enough to move her arm. She felt very still, <laughs> and eventually she picked one of the maggots up and was holding it, screaming while holding it and just looking at it. Yeah. And I... she was fine, by the way. She just ended up with a bloody arm that she put a bandage on. Yeah, yeah. The The scientist lady did think that she should probably go see a doctor for it, but it's fine because she got eaten by a rat later, so <laughs> yeah. there was no need. Every single person who encountered one of these giant animals just stared at them yeah. with sort of a vague, confused disbelief. I guess. What got me was after the encounter, like the very first time the football guy encounters the chicken in the barn, fights it off, kills it with a pitchfork like you do. And then he walks out of the barn and walks over to the lady. He's like, well, first of all, he said, where the hell did you get those goddamn chickens? Yes, he did. (laughs) But that was his big thing. He's like, you have extraordinarily large chickens in your barn, madam. (laughs) Anyway, I'm trying to find my friend. Trying to get some help for my friend. It, it, you know, it reminded me of the complaint I had about sea fever. Where I was like, yeah. there's a giant monster attacking your boat. Why is everyone acting like this is just one of those things that happens? Yeah. I, it, it's it, not. With the chickens, it was like... He he recognized they were larger than normal, but he didn't seem to mind the fact that they were six feet tall. He was just like, okay, you have some real big chickens. Yeah. And that that was the case with all of the animals. It was just, this is, it was as if they were being attacked by giant animals in a universe where giant animals were perfectly normal. Everyone yeah. knew they existed. They were dangerous. They were bad. But you knew they were out there. It's like if I were being attacked by a bear. I wouldn't be happy about it. I would be afraid. I would be screaming, whatever. But I wouldn't be shocked that bears existed. But maybe if someone drove up after you had been fighting with that bear and the bear went away, they drove up, you might go, hey, did you see what I just saw? (laughs) To a person who just drove up. Yeah. So that introduces a new set of characters that I forgot to talk about earlier. This is the RV couple. Mm-hmm. who I think maybe are like on a one last uh, excursion out together before they have their baby and, and perhaps trying to save their relationship a little bit because there seems to be some mm-hmm. disagreement as to whether they should get married or not. She's very much an independent 1976 woman who says <laughs> that she doesn't need a piece of paper. He very much wants his baby to have his last name. Important. So, yeah, this couple was around. And at at one point, I was like, oh, I get why they're here. Because the food of the gods only works on the young of animals. Like like they yeah, said, right. only the, the chicks were affected by this food of the gods chicken feed mix. And I was like, oh, okay, so we're going to see what happens when a, when human young. Right. We we're we're going to see Honey, I Blew Up the Baby. Yes. But then, no. No. The baby was born in a dangerous situation, granted. Yes, with rats sticking their heads in every window. Yeah. But then that was just fine. That ended. Everyone was fine. Yeah. I mean, there's the there was the twist ending, spoilers, which revealed that this stuff had gotten loose and is in the milk supply now. Cows have been eating it. Mm-hmm. And then it gets processed into milk, and then they show, like, a kid at school having his milk for the day, and that's the shocking finale. Dun, dun, dun. But we don't see that kid get big either, but 
obviously we wouldn't. It was only a couple right. seconds, but still. And I don't have a problem with that. That was probably actually my favorite part of the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. But why did they have this extra couple that was pregnant if that wasn't going to have any bearing on the story? Well, I mean, the drama and excitement of doing a birth situation surrounded by giant rats, I mean, that's... I That's guess. its own level of excitement there. Yeah. But they made a statement about the fact that it only affects the young ones. And right. that never factored into the story at all. No. So it was it, weird. It could have gone in there. I mean, it was set up for the end, too. But I feel like if you're going to set that up, you can't then ignore the young all the way through the movie. You can't, like, say, you can't have Chekhov's gun at the first act, have it go off in the third act but have kids playing with it all through the second <laughs> act and nothing ever happens. Like, it was it was inconsistent. Frustrating. There were rats jumping on a toy car, though. That was kind oh, of fun. That was really cute, actually. <laughs> I really liked the rats. Yeah. Well, the thing with the rats is they would constantly jump back to the zoomed back shot of them running through, like, a train set. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. A model. The little model, model terrain. Forest. And they would run it in slow motion and cover it with, like, cat and dog noises. And somehow that was supposed to make you think these were giant rats. Like, the bigger rats get, the more they sound like cats and or dogs. Right. That was very strange. It was a, it was a choice that they made. Yeah. I will say that the special effects... Particularly at the end. Some of it, I mean, like you said, it was pretty cheesy and terrible. Yes. I mean, when they were, when uh, Mr. Skinner was being attacked in his love bug, <laughs> his bright red VW Beetle with fuzzy pink seats. Yeah, weird seating. It kept, you know, jumping back and forth from close-ups of him with like giant fake rats coming in the window yeah. and then jumping back to real rats <laughs> climbing all over a tiny fake car that was pretty cheesy the one time that i thought they did it really well was at the very end when it was pulled back the the camera was pulled back and you could see the whole house and you could see the people standing on the little balcony like the what do they call that a widow's walk um balcony oh, on the sure. second floor and the water was all around the house and there were rats floating in the water and trying to climb up the house and whatnot and you could see that they had to, like, like they had to have figured out how to have the people the right size for the house. Like, there was the, this is what yeah, the house and the people really look like. And then here's the rats and a fake version of the house. But they molded it together. They melded it well. Yeah. Like, I really looked at it to see, okay, where's the, the cutoff scene. point? Yeah. And I didn't see it. I mean, that doesn't mean it wasn't there, but... Maybe it wasn't. <laughs> That's scary. So then were the giant rats or were teeny tiny well, people? Well, obviously giant rats are fiction, so it was teeny tiny it people. It must have been. Um, but I did. I was impressed with that, given that it was from 1976. I was like, this is pretty awesome. Yeah, there was a another one like that that I noticed where it was like them like running around in the yard doing stuff. And in the background were rats running towards them like through a path through the woods. And... You know, it was obviously a little model of that, mm -hmm. like, visible in the background. I mean, it was superimposed, but it really went together perfectly. It looked exactly mm -hmm. how giant rats would look. Then there were other ones, like, where the rats were running around the front of the house when it wasn't covered in water. 
where like the lower floor of the house was like 10 shades too bright and everything else wasn't. It yeah. was weird. Yeah. More inconsistencies. Now, a couple of years ago, when I was doing video reviews, I reviewed a movie called The Stuff from sometime in the 70s. Classic film about marshmallow fluff. And it's weirdly similar to this movie in that a whitish liquid bubbled up out of the ground and people decided to eat it. <laughs> like, there was something in the 70s where maybe it was the whole conflict over oil in the 70s. People were like, stuff that comes out of the ground... Yum. Yeah. Very weird. They even mentioned oil in this because Mr. Skinner originally thought this might be oil. I'm like, (laughs) really? Because it looks like oatmeal. He's not familiar with oil. (laughs) He just had kind of an idea. Um, Yeah. There is no reality possible in which I come across this goo coming out of the ground, and think to myself, well, that looks edible. (laughs) At least by chickens, anyway. Nope, nope, nope. Yeah. In the stuff, it was really good. The very first scene is this guy, like a night watchman. He comes across the stuff bubbling out of the ground, and he looks at it, and he just sticks his fingers in it, pulls it up, and is like, mmm, that's tasty. (laughs) What what else does he do this with? (laughs) But that's a different movie entirely. I mean, yeah, there are so many things in movies, and this is not restricted just to horror movies. There are times when I'm watching movies and the characters do things that just make me wonder, how? How did that happen? How did that come about? I have to assume that there are people in real life who are like that. I guess. And how are they still alive? (laughs) And not just about eating things off the ground, but just like there's so many weird things that characters will do where I'm like, well, an actual human being came up with that idea somehow. Yeah, to them it made sense that people would do it, which kind of makes you think maybe they do it. Right? Like, do they just wander through the the woods just eating everything (laughs) they find? Yeah. Or just, you know, every every new substance they come across, they're like, I wonder if my chickens would eat this. <laughs> Motor oil? Well, let's see. I wonder if this would make my chickens bigger. <laughs> I don't know. A lot bigger. So, um, Trenchcoat, the guy who wanted to make the money deal and get a bazillion dollars from the food of the gods, his big plan was to take the food of the gods. In a teacup. Oh, that was one of my favorite scenes where he has all of these buckets and jars around him and he is slowly filling them one by one from a teacup. Like, ooh, problem solving strategies. What could we do differently? So he wants to take all of this and apparently he manages to take all of it. Like, again, why was this a a limited resource? Maybe it's just it's going to take a while for more to come out. Maybe. He's going to feed it to all of the animals. Oh, yeah. His plan is good. That we eat. Yeah. The so cows that, and pigs and chickens. Right. To to solve world hunger. Mm-hmm. And when the scientist lady was like, well, you know bigger animals are going to need to eat more food. He was like, oh, I'm going to genetically change it to also be plant food. Uh-huh. So he, his big plan for solving world hunger is to populate the earth with 
super big plants and animals. Yeah. And then he's going to need uh, super big pooper scoopers. I feel like this is one of those chain things, like where they brought fro- frogs to Australia or something. Yes. <laughs> he's not thinking it through. No, he did not think it through. And and part of me was like, oh, dude, it's 2020, and we're all trying to get people to eat vegetarian because there's not enough room on Earth for the cows we have. Yeah. And they're normal <laughs> cow-sized. Yeah, we should probably make just the plants bigger. Maybe. But I still think there's a fundamental flaw there. You don't just make them bigger because, I mean, what? there's not even a benefit to making them bigger. Just grow more corn. <laughs> a bigger piece of corn is going to take up the space of several smaller pieces of corn. See, I think that's the piece he was missing because yeah. it's the same with cows. Like, well, yeah. okay, this ranch has enough room for 800 cattle. We are going to make them bigger and now it has room for... 80? <laughs> yeah. Which is essentially the same. You've done like, the same thing. I yeah. guess it's quicker to kill them. Although it might be harder. <laughs> right? I mean, given how big the chickens got, I mean, chickens are what? Generally like a foot high? These chickens were six feet high? Yeah, they're real big. Imagine a cow six times bigger than it is. You didn't have to invest a lot in fences. <laughs> I honestly had high hopes when I saw in the credits that this movie was based on a portion a portion of a novel by H.G. Wells. Yeah. Because The War of the Worlds was innovative and interesting and I had hope that at least this movie would have like a functioning plot. Yeah. Well, just a really short one because it's only based on part of the novel. Well, yes, it does. Having seen the whole thing, I'm like, what happens in the entirety of this novel? Those high hopes were dramatically dashed when I realized the similarity between the chicken scene in this movie and the chicken scene that happens way too often in Family Guy. Yeah. And it just never got better. I I was disappointed in the acting intensely. Mm-hmm. The storyline didn't make any sense to me. I didn't understand the motivations of anybody, despite them repeatedly trying to convince me that I did. Like they just kept saying, "No, it's a money deal." They, a money they, deal. A money deal. They want to do a. They want to do a business. I went to the stock market today. I did a business. Come on. You can say that over and over, but I'm not getting it from anything that's happening. Yeah. Aside from Trenchcoat trying to steal all the food of the gods with his teeth. Which was weirdly manic. Like It was. It was like he had been driven insane by the food of the gods. I mean, I think he had been driven insane by capitalism. By money deals. Yes. So, basically, it was disappointing all around. I can't recommend it. I'm not really all that glad I watched it. Yeah. It was regretful. It was it was entertaining in the sense that there were a lot of... We had a lot of banter going on during the movie where we were like, what is happening? Oh, just stick your head in that giant wasp's nest. Obviously, that's yeah. a smart idea. Like, <laughs> that's like, true. It, it, it was fun in that sense. So I guess you could watch it with your friends who wanted to just 
talk through yeah. a movie. I mean, that's definitely the kind of movie it was. Yeah. But there are others that honestly are better for that, I think. So I, oh, Mikey, my scores at the end of this month have been dismally low. And this is not changing that because I am going to give this movie one and a half handfuls of ostrich feathers out of five. Okay. When you point out that it's a movie for watching with your friends and making fun of, that's where I was going with it. Like, that's what I was looking for. And I knew it had giant animals killing people. And I'm like, yeah, you know, that's fun and dumb. And it does disappoint on that level. Mm -hmm. Like, it just doesn't have the fun that it should have. It does take itself very seriously, although maybe not seriously enough. That could be part of the problem. Like, it's not it's not comedic at all, but mm -hmm. it's just not, not over-serious enough to be as fun as it could be. They could have had the actors reacting to over something. the top, and that would yeah. have made it funnier. Yeah. But they didn't react. Like, you they have to have some response to the giant animals. <laughs> Yeah, that was a, I think that's a big damper on it, is that they just didn't care what was happening. No. And that's very strange, because it should have been quite upsetting. So if you see the trailer, and you see, you know, a bunch of giant rats running around eating people, you think it's going to be fun, and it's just a disappointment on that level. It wasn't the worst experience. We had some laughs, but it was not a good experience. So I will award this movie the coveted two handfuls of ostrich feathers out of five. All right. That sounds fair to me. Are we going to watch anything that I can rate higher than a two between now and the end of the month? Because there's only a couple days left. I'll have you know that I just edited our podcast of a movie that you gave a five to. Although, granted, it was like a week ago. Uh-huh. So, anyway. <laughs> our next film has the longest title, probably, that we've ever done, but Ooh. definitely of this month. It is entitled, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Oh. From 2014. Okay. I think I'm excited about that I one. I think you're probably going to be in for a good review. Sounds good to me. And that is our second to last film before we close it out with a big Halloween hit of Candyman uh, from 1992. We always like to hit the classics when it comes to Halloween. Usually we do a Halloween movie, but we've done enough of those. So yeah. we're going to check out Candyman. All right. Well, we'll be back tomorrow. Bam. That. Dumb little things that you do. What? I just, Why do you I can't that? even stand them. <gasps>